Welcome back to Fintech Insider Focus in association with Visa. In this show, we take a burning question from financial services across the globe and really put it under the microscope with explainers, expert panels, and in-depth interviews, all to bring the global community into focus. Today, I'm joined again by my Fintech Insider Focus co-host, Pamela Ceballos, who is the Senior Director, Digital Partnerships, Fintech, and Ventures at Visa. How's it going today, Pamela? Hi, David. Great to be back with you uh, on this second episode of our topic. Very good. In this second part, we're going to be focusing on the question, how does agriculture and fintech collide in LATAM? If you haven't heard part one of this conversation, go find it wherever you found this podcast and listen to our panel discussion with amazing guests from Mana Tech and Pomelo. We spoke about how the importance of the agricultural businesses is to Latin America and how financial services slots into that perfectly. Also, why is it so important to get this right for scalability and sustainability reasons for the region much more broadly? Um, Pamela, I mean, we, we had quite a, a broad ranging conversation, but but maybe to, to starters here is like, why is this something so important to Visa? Like, why do you guys care? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, enable... Uh, payments for all around the world. It's a key of our mission and is central what we do. This is not different for agriculture, right? Like their agriculture for Latin America represents around 25% of the GDP of the region and it gives jobs and gets a lot of people involved, more than millions and millions working on agriculture and being part of the ecosystem. So creating the correct financial services for them and to serve the needs of a different industry in terms of capital, cash flow control is key that we develop products and products for those type of companies. I think we're seeing more and more technology invested in this and uh, people adding value to the change of production uh, of the agriculture. So definitely a space uh, to learn more. And uh, we can only expect to see more companies getting involved in this in terms of enabling technology and digitalization to serve that an industry that has been here for a long time. Yeah, I mean, as you say, so for something that is 25% of the GDP, then then solving those real problems for that uh, that particular uh, organizational structure or particular needs that they have as an industry is, is really critical to making it successful. So, I mean, in this second part, what we're going to be doing is, is sitting down with a, a big name guest from the LATAM fintech scene to dive into the weeds of this topic and offer a, a little bit of a different perspective as well. It's a super interesting conversation that you definitely won't want to miss. You'll hear that after a quick short message from Visa. Don't go anywhere. Visa's FinTech Fast Track program is streamlining the onboarding process for FinTechs, enabling them to gain access to Visa's powerful capabilities and network. Visa and their enablement partners help FinTechs launch and scale cards, virtual credentials, and disbursement programs. To learn more, visit partner.visa.com. Thank you, David and Pamela, for that introduction. I'm Benjamin Ensor, Director of Research and Strategy here at 11FS, and it's great to be joined by a fascinating guest to dive further into the question of how do agriculture and fintech collide in Latin America? I'm delighted to be joined by Eduardo Novillo Astrada, Chief Executive and Co-Finder of AgroToken. How are you doing, Eduardo? Hi, Benjamin. How are you? Good to, good to talk to you. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. 
Um, for our international audience, can you give us a quick summary of what AgroToken is and what it does, please? Okay, AgroToken is the first uh, global tokenization platform of commodities. Um, we started in Argentina a little bit. We, uh, for you to understand, uh, as you know, in Latin America and, and the undeveloped countries, we don't have a very strong uh, currency, okay? First of all, uh, and our economies, we have a lot of inflation and, you know, and devaluation against the dollar. So uh, in Latin America, mostly in Argentina, you know, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Brazil, that are the big producers of soybeans and, and corn and, and, and wheat. Uh, when you go to rent a farm, you rent a farm and you agree the price on tons of soybeans. When you agree a financing with uh, the seed company, you know, Corteva, Syngenta, you know, Bayer, uh, Monsanto, you agree on, on, on tons of soybeans, or sacas de soya in Brazil. Uh, when you uh, go to to buy a machinery, the same, like case in Holland, like a John Deere, imagine that, you agree the financial or the price on uh, tons of soybeans. So we realized that the, the grain was already behaving as a, as a stablecoin in this, in this industry. What we did is only put a layer more of technology to that that is happening already in the, in the agribusiness. That is uh, Web3, no? that is the blockchain technology. So we created a stablecoin uh, backed by grain. So it's a, a, a real, uh, real stablecoin backed by real assets. And that is what we, what we are doing. We are tokenizing real world assets uh, to use them as a way of transaction, as a way of uh, uh, collateral uh, for a loan, uh, speeding up transactions, uh, taking, putting down costs. And for, for the farmers already here, it's very normal. If you want to put it another way, we are going back like 2,000 years ago when you come with your bag of grain and you pay instead of, and you change your, your bag of grain for two chicken or, you know, one pig or something <laughs> like that. We, we can do it now with small amounts of grain and buy a coffee at Starbucks or buy a huge tractor with grain. So basically that is, that is what AgroToken is doing. This is fascinating. Thank you. Um, so there's a lot to dig into here, but am I right you were saying that, that some farmers were already were using grains to negotiate with seed companies and, and um, equipment manufacturers and so on, were already sort of using grains as a form of payment? Is that, is that right? Yeah, a lot of farmers. Yeah, 40%, between 30 and 40% of the transactions in the agribusiness around here are done by barter. Okay. Wow. So it's something that is being used already. Imagine that with an inflation like we have uh, of 100% <laughs> a year in Argentina, it's impossible to have, uh, you know, someone to be financing pesos. It's, it it loses all the, the value of, of what they've been financing. Uh, and then you have the problem that the, 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 the different rates of the dollar too, you have an official dollar that is uh, almost 50% different with the unofficial dollar. So uh, the only way that the companies like these big international companies are covered against uh, inflation and devaluation is uh, by receiving grain, that they can transform it directly into pesos or dollars or whatever they, 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 they have to do it. 
I can imagine this is very, very difficult for, for, for many of the farmers in Argentina and, and indeed some other economies. Um, but what about you? Why, why was this an area that you wanted to um, start a company in? What, what drew you to agriculture? Um, I, have a very, I have a very different background to all the other founders. I was a sportman. I was a, a polo player. So you're in England. I spent a lot of my years, my like more than 20 years traveling to England to play the, the polo seasons there. And so Paul is very related with, with agribusiness. My family has been in farming and agribusiness for, for a long time. And I met my, my partner like four or five years ago. He introduced me more than five years ago. He introduced me to blockchain um, and crypto. I went crazy about blockchain more than crypto, to be honest. And so... We had a, we were in a meeting doing some other things and someone called and said, how we do to lend money uh, from the crypto world to the Argentine farmers? You know, everyone know, knows here that uh, we have very little access to financing uh, and to credit. So I said, I, I, I said, look, that is impossible, but I, I like the idea something. I think we, we can find something here. Um, so that's, that's how we started. That was the trigger, uh, was um, um, unbelievable what happened afterwards because we realized that there was an unmobilized asset like the grains that they were staying at the farmer's, uh, farm, uh, because it's the only way they keep the value. Okay. They can save. Uh, so that, the, and they, and then we realized that, uh, all the farmers around the world, they think the same. They, they, they think they transact and they save on grain, on their production. So that is, that is, uh, that is a little bit of, of my story. Fascinating. Fantastic. So tell, you've, you've talked a little bit about how important agriculture is to Argentina, to Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and so on. It's a huge part of the economies. Um, but how have banks and farmers sort of worked together in the past, right? Because this problem has existed in the past, I know Argentina is going through a tough time with its currency, but there have been periods of inflation in the past. How? What was? What was the sort of way of dealing with this in the past? Was it always just barter? Uh, no, in the past we didn't have this. How you say this problem so much uh, marked. Now in the last, uh, we we've been doing barter for the last yeah fifty years or something like that. And uh, is the way like like I told you is the way that the farmers and the companies. They found to work together, and it's something that we think, we believe that will go to other countries, okay, and to other economies. And why? We started in, 19, in 2020 during during COVID pandemic, no. And when the, when we discovered this, and when we discovered all this reasonable, you know, about what we were doing, we believe that it's going to happen in all the other countries, and all that has been happening since 2020 until now, all this uh, economy, world travel or problems, uh, and, you know, problems with the dollars and problems with, the, you know, you have now Russia, China, Brazil doing a new currency. And with all the creations of, of these new uh, currencies too, we see a, a world of, uh, of a multi-currency world uh, where barter, or, you know, barter will be a, a big thing and will be the way that, that farmers and producers all around the world will be, will have a better price and a better, uh, yeah, a better price, a more just price for, for the production. 
Can you tell us a little bit about your your typical customer? Um, is is your typical customer you know a very small farmer with you know just just you know a few tractors and a few fields, or is it a sort of huge agricultural business? Or can you tell us a little bit about who your typical customers are? Uh, that's a great question, man. What we do always, always what we do, all the products that we do is thinking about the small and medium farmers, okay? Uh, and now our customers are coming to be, we are we are transforming ourselves more into infrastructure, okay? And we are giving infrastructure for people to uh, build on what we build, okay? On our tokenization platform. So there we have banks, we have suppliers, we have all the, the big suppliers, we have banks, suppliers, uh, and farmers, okay? We made a deal with Visa, so Visa, we issue Visa cards where farmers can use their production to pay in 100 million um, merchants all around the world in the amount that they want. Uh, so everything that we do is thinking about the farmers, but we are going through the chain, okay? We are going through the merchants, through the banks, uh, through the suppliers that are the ones that are going to give the their clients a better treatment, uh, an advantage uh, for them to that they can use their, their grains more. And we believe that for small farmers, this will be the way to get better financing because most of them, they don't have the right paperwork for their farms. So they don't have access to, to, to credit because of that. So, but if they have their production and they can price the production better, this will be uh, more fair for for them, but at the moment where we are doing our go to market is with the big farmers because they are more the influencers. Okay, the ones they are the ones that get technology faster than the other ones. They are more educated, and they are the influencers. If they do it, the other ones will do it. Got it. Got it. And tell us a little bit about how it works. So um, I understand that a, a, you take a ton of grain, whether it's soy or wheat or corn, and you turn that into a sort of agro token. Um, so what does the, the farmer have to do? Does, does the farmer have to deliver that grain somewhere? How do you, how do you sort of make sure that, that that grain exists? Can I do it before I harvest it? Or is it only once it's harvested? Yeah, there are two ways. We started with the delivered grain. That is the most normal. We we didn't have any benchmark. So what we did is we copy, we 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 saw the bench, the circle model. Circle is the one that issued the USDC. So for every dollar delivered or the uh, yes, every dollar at the bank, they issue a US, one USDC, and that is audited by Deloitte. So we had a lot in Argentina, like we started in Argentina, we have a lot of delivered grain, but it's not. It's not priced. It's not yeah. It's not gotten the money by by the. It's not paid by the Oracle. We call Oracle the grind handler. Okay, the Cargills, the Kofco, the Dreyfus, the NDM, the Bungis of the world. Okay, so for us, those are the are the banks. Once the the farmer delivers the grain there, he issues a receipt. That receipt for us is a proof of existence, and there is a contract that says that Cargill is going to pay that farmer in six months or nine months at the at one delivered time that they agree for that money that they assign that contract to agro token and that for us is the proof of liquidity okay so we issue a token once we have the proof of existence and the proof of liquidity and that is that is the way we started brazil has another model it's a little bit more advanced so they have what is called future grain. So farmers are, are got credit or financing on the promise of the harvest. 
okay? So we deliver that. But we, and there uh, in Brazil, and now in all our tokens, we discover that we can put not only proof of existence, proof of liquidity, but proof of origin. And proof of origin is the way that the farmers will monetize about their good practices and ESG and sustainability, okay? So that is, that is another thing that we can, uh, another attribute of our token. Yes, because I wanted to ask you about that and, and whether that is an important part of the tokenization because, you know, there are there are people in parts of the world and, and businesses that, you know, are worried about deforestation, you know, particularly in the Amazon and so on. And obviously soy, I think perhaps particularly, is is sometimes being grown on land that, you know, was rainforest five or ten years ago. Um, so you were able to use the tokens to track sort of which patch of land in Argentina or Uruguay or wherever the, 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 the grain comes from. Exactly. It's exactly like you said. We we have like we call proof of origin now, and that is that we have you have to certify that there was no deforestation, that is no slavery work, that is not a, a, a kind of chemicals that you are doing the the, the right practices. So uh, that is, and we believe we really believe uh, that through our token will be a big change for farmers because farmers they will not change the practices if they are if they don't monetize for that okay uh, you, you we are asking them to produce in a maybe a harder work in a harder way more difficult for them with less money you know and less production so we need to get them uh, a way that they can monetize that that good practices and we believe that the token uh, is the perfect uh, the perfect tool how um how how easy is it going to be for you to sort of expand this across other markets, whether that's other countries in Latin America, other types of crop? Um, can you tell us a little bit about you, you talked about Brazil? You've already expanded in Brazil. Can you tell us a little bit about your sort of plans and your hopes? And yeah, um, I'm going to divide that in two in two parts. That is the plans and the hopes. Okay, so. <laughs> but no, of hopes of vision. <laughs> but look, my our plan, our roadmap is Argentina, Brazil, and US. As you know, as a startup, as a company, yeah, and, and to focus on soybeans, corn, and wheat. Seventy percent of the production of those three crops in the world are produced in these three countries. Okay, um, so basically, that is that is the roadmap as a startup. We are already tokenizing our infrastructure is used being used. With, with other partners to tokenize cattle, to tokenize uh, land, productive land, uh, you know, farms. Um, and now we are doing sugar cane and ethanol, and, and we are starting to do something with coffee too. So yes, our what we are focusing is in natural resources uh, as, a, as, a, as a platform to be the first movers. And, and our hope, is, uh, you know, that uh, what we are doing is we are giving access to everyone to, to invest in natural resources. And we think that will give us um, a better and more just uh, uh, economic system. Um, and the other thing is that by, by doing what we do is we redistribute risk for the farmers and wealth. And that is where I ca- it comes my our vision or our hope, no? For example, in Latin America, only it doesn't get even to two percent the people that invest in the, in the in the capital market. Okay, in Europe and US, seventy percent between seventy and eighty percent of the people they have their investment in the 
the capital market. So we believe that in these in these countries where sometimes they have some savings, but they are never going to invest in you know in Tesla, in Google, in Coca Cola, in Amazon, in this. But they will invest in commodities. They will invest in wheat, in soybeans, in in corn, in a in a a lot of land, maybe two dollars or three dollars. That is, you know, for you, something for these people is a lot. In in something that will increase their value and is, you know, a hard currency that is only going to get three or four percent a year, but in in, in a hard currency and um, things that they understand, that they believe, that that they use to in, in the daily basis. Um, imagine a baker. What is the most um, uh, normal or reasonable thing for a baker to hedge or to or or or, or to save is on wheat he's going to use wheat on a taxi driver what is the the most the most uh, the, the the thing that they use more uh oh gas you know so they get now if you want to buy you know uh, uh, gas or you want to buy wheat or corn or soybeans you can't at the moment so we believe that that this will be something really, really big for the economy of of, of our of our region. Tell me, tell us. A, we're coming to the last few minutes of the interview, but just tell, tell tell me a little bit more about the the benefits for the for the farmer. So you talked about um, you get more certainty. The farmers get more certainty because you're um, able to help them sort of hedge against inflation and and, and currency risk. Um, you also said uh, there's a visa card. Can you? So they can, um, they can spend against the agro tokens. They can effectively, I suppose, are they by spending on those cards, are they effectively spending their agro tokens? Um, could tell us a little bit more about the benefits for the farmers, please. Exactly, the, the farmers, many of the farmers, uh, for example, in this, you have to have a minimum uh, to send to a cargill or to send to a grain handler for them to. Uh, to they to them to to pay you or buy you for that uh, for that amount okay or usually it's a truck a truck is 30 tons it's fifteen thousand dollars and sometimes you have to price that that grain in a moment that you only need five hundred dollars or a hundred dollars so uh, that is that is one advantage uh now the farmers they can use the grain in the amounts they want, wherever they want, uh, and and be more, uh, uh, how you say, easily attached to the price whenever they, they there is the best uh, for them. They can use that, you know, uh, production. Instead of selling it, maybe they can use it to get a, a loan that sometimes is better. In Argentina, in this part of the countries now, the the the, the farming is more a financial uh, business that a productive business. So that is more. That is what we are giving them the advantage to do. Um, then we are giving them the opportunity, like I told you, to to save and keep the grain uh, because it's what they want and to be long on grain. No, they always want to be long on grain because they always think that grain will be uh, have more price and that they and and that they don't want to sell it uh, when when they are asked to. Uh, and the barter it's important for them to to can they they can do barter in, in any amount they want okay my my last question for you then eduardo is um how, how important is the blockchain element to what agro token is doing could could you have done some of this without a blockchain and 
Um, are, you, are you hitting any sort of barriers with regulators? Are you getting any sort of skepticism about sort of blockchain because of you know the, the, the sort of the sort of crypto speculation and so on? Um, how important is blockchain to AgroToken? Blockchain for AgroToken is everything. Okay, is 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 what what is what is enabling us to do what we do. If not before, it was impossible because, like I told you, this this that we are doing, what what the farmers are still they are doing, they are paying with grain, they are using the grain as currency. But now they can fractionize uh, this grain in in levels that they couldn't before. They couldn't buy a coffee anywhere in the world with their grain. So, <laughs> exactly. So. Through blockchain, they can do that. Okay, they they transform an unmobilized asset into a financial asset, into a digital asset. So that is is blockchain. Then we have the what what you asked me about crypto. Well, we have to change our wording a little bit after what happened, you know, in the last in the past six months or eight months with all the crypto world and uh, all these things that have been happening. Uh, we, we we don't use we we just use pay with your grain or use your grain as you want like never before those are the warnings that we started uh, that's why for us uh, I, I said our agreement with visa is so important because for the farmer if we then, if we give them a visa where they can spend with their grain and then they can see on their phone that that I don't know they had a hundred tons of, of of soybeans now they have 999 tons you know that they just spent you know one one little thing or, or maybe kilos of that so uh web three that that is our web two with web three that is the the visa card so they don't and um, they don't need to understand what is behind the blockchain or the crypto or whatever is behind that is blockchain um and then we are really 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 proactive with the regulators we always try to do things like more like coping like coinbase and circle uh, about going proactive so we are the only crypto asset uh, allowed by the central bank of argentina we are approved with the the cnv that is like the the nasdaq from from no no sorry the the ecc the SEC from from argentina uh, we are doing the same in Brazil. Uh, at the end, what we are doing is uh, we are digitalizing grain that is produced in that country. So that is basically we are a, that is represented by a token. The token we we had a a very a very good way to explain a token. Now uh, a token is when you know like like the coin for the for the parking. Lord, or when yep. we used to we used to use the the coin for the for the phone. That is a token, okay? It represents x yep. amount of time of parking, x amount of time of, uh, of 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 a phone call. Or we go when you go to the fair. You remember, you go to the fair, you buy the tickets for the fair. One ticket represents a coke, the other tickets represents a hot dog, and is that so? We we understood a little bit how to speak to the farmer. But the way, the best way that the best thing that we are doing now uh, is always going proactive with the with the regulators, not doing anything that that can that can harm AgroToken. Uh, everything is very new. We are very disruptive, so the, the regulators are coming behind uh, and and trying to explain the farmers that is something that that they've been using, you know, and now we give them a, a, a visa card and, and they can spend the grain and, and that is all that they want to know, you know.
Wonderful. Well, you've got some quite different audiences there, haven't you? And the sort of regulators and the central banks on the one hand and the, and the farmers on the other. This has been absolutely fascinating, Eduardo. Thank you so much. Um, that wraps up this edition of Fintech Insider Focus in association with Visa. Where can people find out more about you, Eduardo, and about AgroToken? We are in agrotoken.io. Uh, they can find it there. We have a website and, and, and they, they can read a lot about us. We, we've been all over the news now. Uh, but yeah, and write us and, and we, we are going we are going to answer all your questions if we have them. Uh, we don't. We don't have all the questions at the, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, we are the first ones in the world to do it, so we are learning every day. Um, it's quite complicated because you know you have to learn about. You have to know. We have to know about blockchain, crypto, uh, financing, agribusiness. So it's it's uh, regulations. Re- a lot of regulations. So it's but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, wonderful. Thank you. And uh, you can find me, Benjamin Ensor, uh, on LinkedIn or 11fs.com. So thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, If you like what you've heard, uh, please do subscribe to our podcast uh, or leave us a review to help us make it even better and help others find the show. Uh, For more on this discussion, look out for the next episode of Fintech Insider Focus in two weeks' time. Thank you all so much. And thank you again, Eduardo. And goodbye. Goodbye.